it's Joanna DeCellis, editor of Club and Resort Chef. In this episode of Club and Resort Talks, we're chatting with Jason Nordsleff, executive chef of the Royal Ottawa Golf Club in Canada. Chef has been with Royal Ottawa for a few years now, but he also has experience at other clubs in Canada and in restaurants, and he's competed on the global stage. The past few months have been challenging for him as a chef, but he continues to push forward and find ways to serve members while also advancing the skill sets of his team. Thanks for joining us today, Chef. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You're in Canada. Where are you in Canada? Uh, I'm in the nation's capital, so it's Ottawa, Canada. We are in between Toronto and Montreal. What about the club? How big is it? How many members do you have? We have 700 and something, I believe. Okay, so it's a big club. Yeah, it's it's a very big club, and uh, I believe starting next year we potentially could have a waiting list due to that's exciting the whole covid thing so it is because the food is so good (laughs) yes that too and the golf course is so good yes yes no no no, just the food focus on the food (laughs) yes how long have you been there i've been there for almost two years now um from winnipeg manitoba so it's a province next door there went to culinary school uh, found the right mentor, stayed with him for eight plus years. I think it was like eight and a half or something. Have competed locally and internationally. I was able to help uh, the culinary team Manitoba compete in the 2012 uh, Olympics in Erfurt, Germany. So I've kind of carved my own path and done it my own way and. So far, it's worked out pretty good. Who was your mentor? Uh, his name is Klaus Leindecker. He's the executive chef at Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club. And how did you come to find him? I found him when I was in culinary school. And they're like, okay, you got to go on like a co-op. So it was like a, a three-month work program. Uh, one of my other ones that I had lined up, it fell through. So I went and saw the counselor and they're like, I know the perfect spot for you and went there and was there for, yeah, from 2008 to 2016. Why was he such an important mentor to you? He taught me so much and he worked with one of the best chefs at one time in, in the world of Chef Murakami, the tutelage that, he could give me, I knew would get me further down the road than just jumping ship all the time, trying to get my way there the quickest. So what made you decide to stick with clubs? You haven't always been in clubs, right? After culinary school, you did some time in restaurants, right? Right. And when I left Breezy Bend, I took over my own, I was able to become an executive chef at a club. But I kind of missed at one point the hustle and bustle of the restaurant. And so I went into the restaurant business and then I quickly realized how much I missed the club life. It's just there's more of a work-life balance. There's more appreciation where you can get to know Mr. Smith on a regular and he is an adventurous foodie and he is loving all the specials that you're doing. 
you had kind of taken a lot of where you've been and, and brought that into the operation. Like with butchery, for example, you like to bring in whole animals and break them down for your team to learn from, right? Right. Yeah. Like we'll bring in our primal cuts and sometimes we, we will get a, a whole animal in and uh, we get whole fish in all the time, but I mean, everybody gets whole fish in, but it's more of for, for the butchery that I think is a lost art due to the students that I get to from the culinary schools and that I can mentor. It's they're like, yeah, we spend one day in butchery and we watch our teacher do all the butchery or we have to read it in books. And I was like, well, that you're not really learning. So yeah, I give, I let them use their knife and I'll order the expensive piece of meat and they get a, a couple tries. And then it's like, okay, you either got it or you don't because it's costing too much money. But why is that important then in the, when you turn that around, why is, why is teaching them those skills so important to, to the operation? for one, for their knowledge of what they can do, and two, for the operation of if you know how to do it and you can break down a whole strip loin and not buy the vacuum-packed individual ones, you will save money in the long run because you'll have all your trimmings and everything like that that you can utilize into making stock sauces. You can grind it into burgers. And it just will bring down your food cost in total. Tell us a little bit about your culinary style. I really love modern modern cuisine, so molecular gastronomy. That's one of my biggest things that I really enjoy doing. But I also love a classical dish. I mean, it's a classical dish for a reason. It's the fundamentals behind it. There's a reasons why Hollandaise has it hasn't changed in hundreds of years. Right. But it's what can you do to that hollandaise? Can you turn it into a powder? Can you turn it into saphirification? Can you? That's what I like to do. I like to, you're given that box and I like to think outside of that box as much as I can. But at the same time, you have to stay within that box. You got to have the proper balance, I feel. How do you bring molecular gastronomy into the club world? Well, I introduce it by doing specials um club club events like if we have a past president's dinner and or something like that uh or d'oeuvres you just kind of i guess give a little bit so there it's like that wow factor it's like oh my god i've never seen this before but also you got to keep you got to make sure your flavors are on par right i mean it's you got to make sure your seasoning's up to date and practice right i mean you can't pull something off and that the day of and hope that it's going to work just because you read it in a book. Do your members appreciate molecular gastronomy? It depends on what members you're talking to, right? Like some members are like, that was good. I really enjoyed it. But some members were like, whoa, that was like super cool. How that olive oil sphere blew up in my mouth. And I really enjoyed the liquid nitrogen ice cream. And in that aspect, yeah, I guess, I guess it depends on what members you're going to talk to. Now let's shift gears a little bit and talk about how, how have things been going for the past few months? It's been a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. <laughs> um, but I guess for, for us as a club, uh, we've adapted. We've adapted to what the government's rules are here in Canada uh, and in, our pro- in the province that we're located in. And 
we've made the best from it. So we've done takeouts to deliveries to ready cook meals when we were shut down to the point where nobody could come in or go out. It was a learning curve because I mean, I've never done something like that before, but it was, you got to do what you got to do. And in the end, it really paid off because now we're looking to keep it going. Anything new for a club is always exciting, right? It doesn't matter what it is. As long as it's new and the members really enjoy it, that's the key and that's the focus. What programs launched during COVID will you maintain? Takeout, to-go, delivery, family meals? What, what's going to stick around, do you think? Well, we were just talking about that this week, actually, and we are going to keep uh, our takeout meal. Uh, we're going to do some like frozen foods you can buy that are pre-made that you just got to finish off in your oven. And we're going to start, uh, I believe we're going to do, uh, we're the Royal Ottawa. So we call it the RO to go menu. And it's uh, a little, you got a couple salads to choose from a couple of entrees. And if you want some desserts and, We'll pre-cook it and you literally just got to warm it up however you like it and there's dinner for you. What's kind of the status right now at Royal Ottawa? Are you open for indoor dining and outdoor dining? Or is there some kind of hybrid model? What's happening? We're kind of like a little in a tricky spot right now. Uh, if you asked me this question three days ago, I would have a different answer because we're having basically phase two right now is kicking in of COVID-19. Our numbers are starting to get really high. So the government is starting to put restrictions on. We just got to adapt. But as of right now, yes, we do have indoor dining and outdoor dining. We, we've always been able to continue doing that. But it's not your typical indoor or outdoor dining. It's you have to sit six feet away from your guest unless you're from the same household and you have to... And if you choose not to do that, you have to have a giant piece of plexiglass in between you guys. It's, it's a different world out there for dining right now. That's for sure. What has all of this taught you? You have to be able to adapt and in the end, be grateful, right? I mean, I was very grateful that we were able to do the takeout program and everything like that, which kept me employed when you're seeing a lot of people lose their jobs. Their work is laying them off. And I was fortunate enough to be employed to still collect a paycheck through all of this. So, I mean, it's taught me to really appreciate what you have in front of you at the time, but also, I mean, just want to help others and in their time of need it's those can go on and on really for more podcasts check out our site clubresortchef.com <laughs>